What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 151. Today, we are going to be jumping back into true crime mode, and we are going to be discussing the case of Angela Simpson and Terry Neely. And this case is kind of against my rules, honestly. What is my number one rule with true crime that no, I don't want to cover? Torture. Yes. I don't like torture. I feel like a lot of people will does. understand. Some people do. Lights Out does very well for a reason. Not that they actually like torture, but they like hearing about things. Into the darker side of true crime. Sure. There's a point where it starts to get to me mentally. And that is the point. I understand that. I mean, that's probably one of the most terrifying things anybody could a go through and b hear mm-hmm. about because it's yeah. just so gut-wrenching and this particular case is just disturbing honestly mm-hmm. but so. it's also pretty intriguing and there's some interesting interviews and i actually picked this case surprisingly because i think it is so interesting what happened i don't think it's talked about enough honestly it's because it's pretty like I don't know. I think it's an interesting subject. We'll have some interesting conversations. Yeah, it's in pretty episode. different from many yeah. other cases out there. But it does kind of scare me. It's a little it's a little out there for me for mile higher. So I had to bring my bunny today. Yep. This is Apollo. He's gonna comfort me during this episode. He's At like times where I feel stressed. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's currently tweaking out that he's in the studio. He's a little scared of it, but Hey, whatever, whatever makes you happy. I'm it down does. with it. It helps me. I just like pet him and, you know, if I feel scared. I just like pet him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you have anxiety, I feel like people get it. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Animals are the best thing in the world. They do. They, yeah. A furry friend on your lap. Nothing mm-hmm. better. The best. You know best. what else helps with an anxiety? What? Higher love wellness. Oh, yes. That is <laughs> true. That, segue. that was good. <laughs> We are officially about a week into launching Higher Love Wellness. Oh, and yeah. This is our first recording since we launched. Yeah, we are a week into it, I guess you could say at yeah. this point. So Yeah, and it's been a really successful launch. Thank you, to, thank you to everyone who made that possible and were patient with us when we first launched. The website was a little slow at first. It was, there was a lot of you on it, but um everything's gone super smoothly and a lot are some of our orders are already getting to people yeah most of them are they out should be for sure have so, gotten to people by now so mm-hmm. it's really cool i'm, I'm so ha- everyone's been so supportive and happy with everything and we're just over the moon about the entire brand we are i mean i, I don't think it could have gone much better than it Mm-mm. did and just seeing your everybody's feedback on it and we can't wait to see more feedback on the products yes. and, and how they're they help you and things like mm-hmm. that so if you're interested in CBD or hemp extract products, definitely check out higherlovewellness.com. We've got tons of information on there because I know a lot of you are like, you know, I've been on the fence about it or I just don't really know that much about it in general. So, you know, is there somewhere that I can learn more? And we've got all the information you need to really make the decision on whether or not, you know, CBD might be a good thing for you or not. So head over to higherlovewellness.com and, and check mm-hmm. it out today because we've got a lot of cool stuff on there. And we're going to be adding more stuff as yeah. time goes on, uh, as well as pet products and things like that. So we have a lot coming down the pipe when it comes to higher levelness, which we're very excited about. So Yeah, and I was going to say, if you want to hear more about our takes on CBD and cannabis in general, we have a whole episode on hemp. We do. Um, so we'll link that below if you haven't seen that. There's like two of them, I think, we've talked about. Actually, I think there is. Yeah, um, really good information. Maybe three. There's we did like a 420 episode, I think, last year where we talked about mm-hmm. the, the war on drugs but, as well, yep, which all t- I mean, ties yeah. into it right. in a huge way. Yep, it does. But yeah, thanks for all your support. We're so excited and 
I can't wait to see what else we do with it. Oh, I know. We've already got this future is just plans. The beginning. <laughs> it's just the beginning. We're just yeah. getting started. It's mm-hmm. going to evolve and change and, and, you know, get better and better with time. So but anyways, we've got a couple stories we wanted to talk about before we jumped into the absolutely disturbing case of Angela Simpson. Uh, first and foremost, though, this past week has been insane weather-wise. Mm-hmm. A huge, huge winter storm completely rocked uh, the entire United States pretty much. But specifically, one of the places that got hit the hardest was Texas. Yes, uh, Texas is, as of recording this episode, is still tons and tons of people are still without power mm-hmm. uh, because they've been doing rolling blackouts. Mm-hmm. So the whole like power situation... So. I guess I should go back a little bit. There's the temperatures there are far lower than they've been, I think. And they've gotten more snow than they've gotten since like 1970 something Mm -hmm. that they have had a storm like this hit Texas. I mean, there's snow everywhere in Austin, Texas. There's snow. There's snow on Galveston Beach. Did you see that? There's literally snow on the beach. Like, Isn't that wild to see? Really crazy. Really crazy. I mean, all of the videos out of Texas are just mind blowing. Mm hmm. And the problem is, is that Texas is, you know, all their infrastructure is not built mm-hmm. for this type of weather action. So, I mean, with wind chills of up to negative 15 degrees, obviously below freezing temperatures. Otherwise, tons of pipes are bursting. Yes. I mean, all the videos. It's cold. Can you imagine the pipes bursting on top of just being cold, not having power? And then your pipes burst. Your kids are starving because there's no food in your fridge because the power's out. It's like. Such a nightmare situation. I know there's probably some of our fans who are dealing with this right now. I know we have a ton of listeners in Texas. Yes, we do. We were going to do before the pandemic. We were talking about doing like three tour stops in Texas because that's we have so many listeners there. And I'm just every things that people have been sending me tweets of what they're currently dealing with. It is just beyond heartbreaking. And they're not like they're not prior. They're not at all prepared for this no they weren't and the thing about it is they knew that this was coming right what's so crazy to me is like that they knew that this was a potential and they didn't have any action plan right for the people so the reason why texas is obviously having so many power issues is because they have basically one organization called uh ERCOT, ercot and they have a monopoly over all the power across the state approximately managing 90 percent of all the electricity for texas because texas always has been prided itself on yeah. being like independent mm-hmm. from the rest of the country and like in other places that got hit by the storm their power grids are able to interconnect with other states power grids in order to keep power up but in texas they got hit so hard that in order to what they say avoid complete utter blackout across the board which have been i mean even more devastating they decided that we're going to cut power to a bunch of people and do rolling blackouts where they kind of move it around. They move the power around and move the power to places where they want it to go. But yeah. that's left. That's it hasn't worked out very well Mm-mm. because the majority of people and, you know, normal working class people that are, you know, people are just in their homes or apartments. They're the ones that are getting screwed on power. None of them have power. Meanwhile, some of the stores. Yes still have power some of the corporations some of the buildings downtown Office are being buildings. powered lights overnight when the buildings aren't even being mm-hmm. used yep yep yeah wealthier neighborhoods wealthier are still neighborhoods are being still powered up so there's clearly some yeah the whole rolling blackout thing seems to be definitely bullshit. some controversy there yeah 
Yeah, I mean, from what people are saying that are actually experiencing this, a lot of people, it's not like coming on and off. Mm-hmm. It's not even happening. Some of them are getting like 10 minutes. If that, some people are getting 10 seconds and some people are not getting power at all. So I guess if you're getting a little bit of it, you could consider yourself lucky compared to what other people are going through. But it's just like everyone's being affected by this. And it's just wild seeing some of the pictures of the roads, how they're completely empty. Like that never happens in Denver. We could have feet of snow, but we're prepared for it. We right. have the plows. We ha- It never completely shuts down the way that it is there. Yeah. I mean, the stores are literally barely open. There's nothing on the shelves. So it, people can't even get to you yeah. to help if you're in an, an emergency situation yeah. or your pipe bursts and you're dealing with flooding. What are people doing? I'm seeing all these videos of people's pipes bursting and I can't imagine what you're, ne- what do you even do? You can't go outside. No, it's like, about as bad as the it hotels gets. are over a thousand dollars a night. Yeah. Which it's is fucked horrible. Up. It is fucked up. I can't believe that's not illegal. Isn't that price gouging? Yeah, probably. But I think it's, I mean, I, it's how do you house everybody? But I mean, I don't know. It sounds like it just wasn't it wasn't thought out enough by the government at all of how something. No, like these this power companies should have seen this. I mean, you get forecasts for a reason so that you can hopefully plan ahead and at mm-hmm. least have figured out an action plan of what they were going to do. And it seems like they just waited for shit to hit the fan before they're like, oh, shit, all these people don't have power. We have people freezing, mm-hmm. starving to death, you know, literally living in 47 degree temperatures or lower lower in their apartments and they're not only that a lot of these you know multi-family developments the pipes are just completely cracking bursting you got water coming through the ceiling Mm -hmm. i mean it's a really really bad situation all from a winter storm too and it's just you don't (sighs) think of winter storms normally as being that dangerous of course they can be but it's not the first thing you'd think of to be a disaster like this right i mean this is truly terrifying it is and like i read something on twitter somebody said i was walking to 7-eleven and i passed a woman that was dead frozen on in the snow on the sidewalk and i'm like oh my god yeah people literally are dying outside i there have been reports of people being found under snow embankments Mm -hmm. just terrible I, i think what's just wild and we really need to fix is our emergency preparedness in this country yeah across the board clearly we are not prepared for and we weren't prepared for the pandemic we're not prepared for natural disasters it's like what the fuck are we doing i mean i I just don't understand where all the you know all this money all this taxes Mm -hmm. we pay where is this money going why isn't there more money in the agencies and places that are supposed to provide relief and support in these types of situations. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Like we need to figure that out. I think a lot of people want to know that. What we, the fuck? Like we literally pay taxes so that in the event of a of an emergency, a disaster, that there's somebody there to help us. There's a plan in place. Mm-hmm. We literally elect people into these positions of power mm-hmm. to do this for us to get it set up. And that yet, are going to be on all hands on deck, no matter right. what. Not like Ted Cruz fucking <laughs> fleeing to Cancun. Pathetic, dude. Oh, people are calling him Flood Cruz. Did you hear that? Oh, it just came out that the reason he went is because his daughters wanted to go. So he flew them down there. I'm like, dude, what don't blame this on your reason? daughter, you idiot. Yeah, what a that's, terrible That's literally reason. what he came out and said like a few hours ago. I just checked. But what that's else why. could he have said? I don't know. There's no reason. Stupid. There is no reason. You need I'm to be going at to Cancun to escape in the state the cold. you love so much, apparently. He's like, I'm coming right your back. People. He's like, don't worry. I'm in close contact with everyone in Texas. Like basically being like, don't worry. I'm still there, but I'm just in Cancun. 
He's been eating too many boogers. <laughs> Awkward. He's got the booger brain going oh, on now. <laughs> that's really bad, though. That's just absolutely trash. I just don't understand, man. Like, I hope people see, like, you want you want people in positions of authority and government that are gonna are gonna be there with you, not somebody who's gonna be like, "All right, when shit gets bad, peace out. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm heading to the beach." Are you kidding? While you guys me? literally are freezing to death, you should your- lose your job immediately for something like that. That's just like <laughs> abandoning post almost. Like you are, you You're sign not up a to leader. be a That's cert- not what a leader does. Exactly. A leader leads no through times of disaster. No, he's a fleer. Who's <laughs> not a leader? He's a fleer. <laughs> it's just God. There's there's so many issues. I just want to know why we're not more prepared. Why aren't why aren't these companies doing the necessary Mm -hmm. preparations for a huge ass winter storm? Literally, meteorologists are like, yep, we're going to get clobbered by a storm. Mm -hmm. Austin could see more snow than it's seen in 50 years. And what are they doing? They're like, just because something hasn't happened in 50 years doesn't mean it couldn't happen again. So why not be prepared for anything? If it's possible, we should be prepared for it. Right. And if, yeah, it's if really sad. the government and authorities aren't going to do it, then I guess it's on us as citizens to do it. And that's, that's not fair. Where are my taxes going? Right. Exactly. But for me, I'm like, after seeing all this, I'm just like, I feel like everybody needs to get an emergency preparedness kit. They need to get like, su- like supplies. Yeah. Like we have to start like just stepping up because the people that are supposed to do that aren't doing it for us. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to do that and try to be as prepared as possible. I mean, it's a good point. It's reality. Yeah. Like at least figure out an alternative way for heat. I mean, I think also it's it should open our eyes to the fact that we we take for granted all of these luxuries mm-hmm. and conveniences that we have every day, like heat, gas, electricity. And like once that's stripped from you and you're left with nothing, you realize really quickly like, oh, wow, like life becomes way, way more difficult without all those things. So how in the event that really having to survive exactly I, I don't think i've ever no i've never been in a situation where my survival was at stake yeah it's literally survive or die like that's that's where it gets to and that's a really scary place i mean to it's be. freezing yeah people are dying it's it's that's reality of the situation it's fucked up it's just frightening because like the, look what happens if the power goes out i mean it's a huge problem we were just talking about you know last week with the water treatment plant and hackers and things like that yeah. like what if we mentioned what if hackers take down the power grid I can't, let's not plant any more anxiety for today in people's minds. Anyways, <laughs> sounds like power is slowly starting to come back on. I did yeah. see people are starting to slowly regain power. I mean, the damage is done. Tons oh, of people have completely yes. are going to be Houses without homes. wrecked. Apartments wrecked. Personal belongings people trashed. People literally losing their loved ones. Ugh, the recovery from this is going to take probably years. Yeah. It's crazy how... Got to hold, hold yeah. the people responsible accountable, though. Like mm-hmm. We all got to be more aware of of yeah. who's involved and who didn't do anything. And I completely agree. Well, pay attention right now to who's stepping up and who's not. And I'm curious, you know, to our fans in Texas, what is your experience with this been? Have you, you know, managed okay? Or have you been dealing with, you know, more, the more intense side of things? I definitely want to hear your experience because I truly can't imagine being in your situation. And it makes me feel really lucky to live in a state where we have, almost no natural disasters we don't really have tornadoes <laughs> yeah, yeah i know we but I, we live in a really of. safe place yeah but we've never we don't have not not the devastation that the people no. in the south deal with and yeah. other places oklahoma where we used to live was terrifying mm-hmm. you know hurricanes earthquakes 
I mean, I feel very, very lucky. I've never had to really experience a, a weather event like this. Mm-hmm. I think the worst for us is like we get snowed in occasionally, like rarely. Yeah, but that's kind of fair. rare. Yeah. And exactly. I used to like that. But the thing is, our house no school. Our house is meant to do that. Right. Like we're, we're built for that. Our we, roads. We're not going to like lose power. And even if we do, our house is so well insulated that we'd probably be okay for a little bit without mm-hmm. before getting this bad. That's true. And yeah, we're very lucky that we are shits like able to withstand it. But in Texas, that is not the case because mm-hmm. this shit doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Oh, and not to mention the animals too. Yeah. How they're just not at all prepared for this. In fact, I've read a thing that. Uh, here in Colorado, the local news said that they're looking for a bunch of uh, fosters for animals. So I'm sure other states are doing this as well. So if you're looking to foster, you could probably foster Ooh, a doggo from Texas. Being no, don't tempt me. I know, right? They We're came. They're like, hello, here. Colorado people. We need you to foster some dogs from Texas. I was like, oh, oh no. no. I know. Okay, well, someone should. <laughs> so I'm sure there's other states that are doing that too. I don't think we can even legally have any more dogs. <laughs> We're at capacity. Now, yeah, we are. Unfortunately. <laughs> Well, fortunately for us, I love it, but yeah. So yeah, just wanted to say like our thoughts are are with you guys, you know, mm-hmm. sending positive energy and love your guys' way that are in Texas and those dealing with this because so many of us have just no concept of like how difficult that is oh, and yeah. how hard it is to basically go into survival mode and nothing's worse than being cold, man. Like being super, mm-hmm. super and cold. Then wet. Man, and then wet. you get wet and then starving on top of that it's a really tough situation for sure yeah so we'll link some resources down below on how you can help those in texas Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. um there's a couple different organizations that are raising money and and just you know anybody you know in texas definitely let them know that you're thinking about them because i think uh they need us more more now than ever so yeah but the next thing i wanted to talk about is about bill gates and then bill gates is an interesting interesting guy to me because i've been I want to say like a fan, but I've definitely looked up to Bill Gates over the years. I mean, I, I, I come from the technology industry. I've been a Windows user for my entire life. So I've always looked up at, at Bill Gates. I and think thought, a lot of kids looked up to him. He's extremely smart, extremely successful. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people look up to him. It's not yeah. just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's he's a role model for a lot of people. But a lot of people severely dislike him. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of things that, you know, kind of swirl around on the internet with bill gates but these days bill gates isn't really super involved like in the tech world as much as he used to be or or microsoft he's really kind of been taking up causes and one of those causes is the climate mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. here here we are talking about weather and the climate and he he released in his book and he made a pretty bold claim that in order to effectively combat this climate change problem that we're dealing with all of the wealthy nations of the world, including the United States, need to move to 100% synthetic beef or meat. So we're talking basically lab-grown meat products in order for us to even have a chance because we, we haven't even done like an episode on the whole like, uh, you know, factory farming issue with climate change and everything. But it, it's a known fact that factory farming and the meat industry does pollute the planet Mm -hmm. immensely immensely yeah and you know there's a lot of reasons for that and especially beef products right exactly cows in general Mm -hmm. produce a lot of methane right yeah Yeah. red meat so in order for us to effectively eliminate that issue he came out and said we need to switch to synthetic beef and a lot of people are like oh that's crazy there's no way but he's like well 
you know, at first it might seem like a little weird, but over time it's going to get to the point where it's going to be virtually indistinguishable from the real thing. And I mean, all of us have tried impossible meat and beyond oh, yeah. meat and it's honestly not bad at all. No, no, not at all. I've been eating that shit for like three years. Yeah. So good. I like, I prefer it sometimes. The uh, I'm not a big fan of the burgers for some reason. I'm just not a big burger person in general, but the like smart dogs, I prefer mm. them over regular hot dogs. Well, you know, some dogs. of them taste better, enhanced, and maybe it will be indistinguish- indistinguishable <laughs> or better one day. Right. Because well, it would make the choice, it would make it so much easier for people that are so used to eating meat. It would be such a drastic change for them or they don't, they don't want to make the change. It would make it easier if they could just have a direct substitute versus having to have something that tastes a little different to them. Right, you know? right. And I don't think it's just a solution for climate change either. I think... I think the whole synthetic foods and synthetic meats could be a solution for ending uh, like famine, ending hunger, you know, hunger across like there's still so many countries across the world that there's people starving to death every single day Mm -hmm. because there's just not enough food. And as our population continues to increase on the planet, we're going to pretty quickly run out of resources for food. I mean, that's like a known thing. Our population's rising at a rapid rate. And eventually, we're not going to be able to sustain that population. So, what do we do? Especially with, the with, demand right. we have for meat. It's like insane. Yeah, exactly. God, so we have so much demand, far more than we actually have. Like we don't have that much no meat. Like we can't keep up with how much meat we eat. And we've already manipulated it so much to have way more than we should yeah, have had. Totally. Should have should have even been on the earth. Yeah, what we're eating isn't entirely meat now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's that is true. fillers and everything else Scary. with it. Yeah. So it really seems like the future is going to have to include us eating synthetic meat products or lab grown meat products in order for just civilization to survive. And I'm okay with it. I mean, it's obviously, I think a lot of people would be okay with it, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people don't want to do that. Don't want to eat something that's grown in a lab or in a Petri dish. They want whatever. If If a small amount of people don't want to do it, as long as the majority of us could switch, that would be huge. And I feel like it's a like a weird foreign thing now. I'm like, ew, lab grown meat. But like, I feel like that's what happens with so many things in life. And then we slowly evolve, and now it's like a normal thing. We mm-hmm. don't think twice about it. Yep. But you know, like we we kind of like normalize it. And I feel like that's what needs to happen with this is just normalize it, get it to you know everyday grocery stores, and don't make it so like weird. Yeah. Because I feel like if you really knew where your meat came from, like if you saw the process, people maybe wouldn't be so inclined to eat meat. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, in the grocery store, it's like nice and pretty and packaged. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like weird to, weird to think about. And that, right. like that kind of the... needs to happen with this a little bit. I don't know. Well, I think totally of, what about this? What if we just, you know, replaced forced corporations like McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know, some of the biggest players in the fast food industry to only use synthetic beef? Like mm-hmm. they are required by law to only use synthetic beef. Would we even notice that like I think we... a McDonald's burger would probably be pretty much the same. I agree. <laughs> like, I honestly agree with that. Yeah. And that would have a huge impact. I mean, McDonald's yeah. is all over the entire world. They sell billions of cheeseburgers. Like, yeah. And it's even already so questionable. Them. Like, what is lab, re- lab grown meat really that questionable compared yeah. to what McDonald's actually McDonald's. is? <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so true. People are like, I would never eat lab grown, but you'll like fucking eat your McDonald's. Dude, people okay. would freak the fuck out if they made it illegal for them to sell actual burgers that would be oh my god i can't even imagine like the starbucks cups is the americans issue. would be so angry oh yeah americans will pick an issue about anything so <laughs> uh. yeah i mean it would be if it if it 
comes down to our survival, though, maybe more people are going to get it on board. I agree. If they can understand exactly why it would be so helpful to mm-hmm. make the switch for the longevity of our children, our, our planet, mm-hmm. our planet. We've got to do something. Something's got to give here. And, and maybe like still having local farm. Like I think we need to get back to local farming and yes. like I could totally. Well, the farming industry is like dead. It's literally it non-existent. Like farmers, do, you're not, who's yeah. who do you know who's like a literal farmer? No one. No, no one's growing crops locally. I mean, there are. Well, there are. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm saying like, who do you know? Like, it used yeah. to be very. Common. I don't know. Anyone. That was a very no. common occupation to have. Very few people are able to farm successfully mm-hmm. be, and make it a, a like a living out of it because these horrible corporations are taking over and like yeah. there's like farmers market like are they able to get into like smaller locations like that but it's not fair like why yeah. why are they not the ones the people who are in Colorado should be growing the food that I eat right like that's yeah, what that's I think so of true. it as. and that's what that's what you like to believe too and sometimes they'll put on your products like made in Colorado and you think like oh some of these mm-hmm. but then yeah, there's so much that we it's have no to idea. Get to. Getting yeah. access to Colorado grown food, you have to go out of your way and find a farmer's market or go to the farm itself. And that's harder to do than going to Walmart mm-hmm. and picking up your and shit. And more expensive, yeah. unfortunately. And more expensive, unfortunately. That, that's what it comes down to is cost. Yeah. I think for most people, people just that. can't afford. Totally get that. Mm-hmm. You know, farm to table ingredients. And, and that's a big problem. And yeah. it shows you there's even a bigger problem. It's in not their the world fault. That, you know, no, it's, it's not. the fault no. of society that's rigged of this way. Yeah, it's we, the giant corpse. It's their mm-hmm. fault. It is their fault. Well, it's it Tyson is, and Smithfield. That's mm-hmm. it's like, yep. It's these massive people. But then, you, but then you could argue like, well, maybe if people made more money, then maybe people would make different decisions. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Some people, you know, if yeah, that's, our minimum that's wage point. was higher and everybody was able, you know, yeah. actually could make a livable income. Then we need resources to right. make smarter. It's because it's hard to eat. It's hard and expensive to eat healthy. It is. Yeah. It is so much more convenient and cheap to run through the drive through at a dollar menu. Like I'm not a hate on fast food by any means, <laughs> but like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's not fair that our resources are so like skewed to just yeah. like what's bad for you is cheap and easy to get versus what you actually need. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people like literally do not have the choice at all Mm-mm. no they don't it's so sad it is and you'd fair. think it'd just be a, a no-brainer like food deserts i believe is what they're called where like there's within like 20 i think it's like 20 or 30 miles of where you live there's no fresh food grown yeah that's very common yeah food and that's the thing is food is brought in from mm-hmm. faraway places as opposed to, you know, even probably 50 years ago, it was probably different, you know. Oh, definitely. Like, different. obviously, like, it depends on the grocery store chain. I know, like, a lot of our local grocery stores here, like, we have mm-hmm. King Supers here. No, things have done that way for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, there are still grocery stores that do bring in, like, local produce and mm-hmm. stuff from, like, Colorado. Some like, of it. Some Sometimes. of it, some of it, But yeah. if you check out, a lot of it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a big, big big issue there but the, oh sorry i was gonna say one more thing i was gonna say which makes sense though because the grocery stores like we want like raspberries and strawberries in february well colorado doesn't grow that shit so yeah. that's another thing is like we would also we have in get. order to do this we would have to like mm-hmm. change our diets in a way that we eat seasonally like what's in season is what we're eating at that just how we're supposed to be right right how it was always done sorry this is like a really interesting topic no, for me, so i can keep going <laughs> Yeah, I'll get all my stuff on this on We the need sesh. to do a, no, we need to do a whole episode on here, oh, like here, on yeah. food because yeah, yeah, it's very fast. The avocado thing. Oh yeah. The oh, avocado yeah. from Mexico, top, that whole topic. that whole debacle. Yep. Like there's there's so much to food that just like doesn't even get shown to us at all as far as like how we'll explain it's, the avocado thing. Now people are gonna be like, What do you mean the avocado? Wait for the episode. <laughs> <That's no. cool. laughs> well, it's basically it's a very dangerous, scary industry, the reality of 
It's like gold. Avocados are like gold in Mexico and certain brands of them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty scary. And it becomes like a criminal (laughs) trade pretty much. It's, it's wild. There's so much to it. I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. Not today. Not today. We still got to get into Angela Simpson and that's going to be intense. So buckle up. Let's go ahead and just dive into to that case now. But before we do, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. So on August 5th, 2009, around 5 a.m. in the morning, Phoenix Fire Department was called about a burning trash can in the parking lot of the Covenant of Grace Christian Fellowship Church. When firefighters arrived on the scene, there was indeed a trash barrel that was had flames coming out of it, so they quickly put the fire out, and inside of this barrel was the dismembered remains of a white male. And at this point, they obviously need to call the police to have them come in and investigate. When police officers arrived on the scene, they started taking a look at this dismembered body, and they realized that there was an electrical cord wrapped around his neck. And because this trash barrel was on the church's property, the police obviously had to notify the church officials about what they had just discovered on their property and church officials were absolutely horrified that there was this dead man in a barrel on their property. I mean, they literally had just had service the night before. So this was absolutely insane. Something very, very bad had happened that night. And over the next two weeks, detectives worked to identify who this victim was and try to piece together how he ended up dismembered in this barrel. And the Phoenix police, when they were reporting on this particular crime, they said this was one of the most heinous crimes they had ever seen. In order to identify whose remains this was, an autopsy was performed, you know, to try to identify who it was, but also reveal the extent of his injuries. They discovered that many of the afflicted wounds, which we'll talk about more here in a little bit, had been afflicted while the victim was still alive. But ultimately, the cause of death for the individual was strangulation with a cable from a television luckily through his fingerprints or what was left of his fingerprints they were able to identify this man as terry neely now terry neely was a 46 year old man from phoenix arizona and he actually lived in an assisted living home uh, in this neighborhood that the church was in they also found out that terry required a wheelchair because he was a paraplegic Um, he had some type of spinal cord injury and he often rode through the neighborhood Uh, in his motorized wheelchair. And so in order to try to figure out what had happened, the police started using surveillance video in the area to determine that the last time that he was seen alive, because they knew that he would, you know, be roaming around the neighborhood in his wheelchair. So through the use of security footage, police were able to discover that Terry had actually left his assisted care facility around 8 p.m. on August 2nd. But other than that, they really had no other leads or, you know, any ideas of who could have done this to him. So as they're doing their investigation a little bit further, a witness actually came forward and contacted the police about an abandoned wheelchair near an apartment complex close to where Terry actually lived. Obviously, detectives were interested in this abandoned wheelchair because they knew that Terry used one. So they went to this apartment complex where the wheelchair was found. And the detectives ended up searching all the apartments in this complex. And in one of the units, that's when they stumbled upon all of this evidence of an extremely heinous crime scene. And inside this particular unit, they found bloodstains. They also discovered that the carpet inside had been removed, and it didn't seem like anybody was actually living inside that apartment because there wasn't even really any furniture Mm -hmm. there as well. 
just a floor length mirror and a bottle of bleach on the kitchen counter. Isn't that fucking terrifying? Sometimes I'm just like, what detectives have to like walk into oh. sometimes. I'm just yeah. like, how how does that not like fuck you up forever? Like Oh, I bet it I bet it kind of does. Just like, I mean, maybe not forever, but it's gotta maybe have not an for effect. Everybody, but yeah, just on some people, I feel it would have an effect on me. So I believe the more they searched this apartment complex, they were able to locate some of this carpet that had been removed that actually had the blood on it. And that they took a sample of that carpet to take it to the lab to have them run a DNA analysis on it to try and figure out whose blood it was. And sure enough, the blood came back as a match for Terry Neely. And it was shortly after that, that a witness who happened to be the apartment complex's manager really came forward and helped them, you know, with their investigation. And this manager said that he had seen smoke from that specific apartment that the police had just searched. When the apartment manager went to this particular unit to see what was going on, it turns out that there was two individuals inside, a woman named Angela Simpson and her friend, a 36-year-old man named Edward McFarland, who went by uh, the nickname Cracker. Hmm. And they were in the kitchen, and they had a City of Phoenix trash can. Hmm. And if you remember, the same type of trash can was found at the church. Mm-hmm. on fire so clearly a connection there yeah so it didn't take them too long to put this all together no this was not covered up or cleaned up well at all they've quickly figured out who the victim was and then who their number one suspects were and that was angela simpson and cracker so let's talk about angela simpson for a second so angela simpson is honestly a scary individual <laughs> yeah that's an understatement a <laughs> uh, very disturbing individual she gives me serial killer vibes a lot like a lot. oh yeah so she was born on november 29th 1975 and just this case in general does not have a ton of details about it other than a few articles that were written it's very uh, minimal it. very little information we don't have a ton of backstory on this one and then a terrible reenactment type situation what is that called again i keep forgetting you've ever seen deadly women on id <laughs> Oh my. It's like women with knives, like those types of shows. <laughs> yeah. It is. This one was so bad, though. Like, wow, so the cheesy. language in it, the narration was so uncomfortable. Like, well, they're trying to level. take a extremely, you know, yeah, gruesome, thrilling, gruesome scary, crime to factor. make it. No, but oh, to dumb it down and make oh. it like safe for TV. Oh, yeah. So they're airing it. Yeah. So, and make it like, PG and it just oh. sounds corny. It just doesn't make sense. Ew, that's annoying. It doesn't yeah, accurately it describe really bad the crime. But Angela, as far as her upbringing goes, we don't really know too much about it. All all that we do know is that she did not have a great childhood. She was in and out of foster care. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been sexually and physically abused, I believe. Uh, she also has a history of mental illness going back to ten years old. Yeah. Um, and just just you know, her whole life was paved with difficulty very very difficult i mean abuse is obviously Mm going to have a huge huge effect on you as well Mm -hmm. Um, but over the years she did have four kids Uh, we don't do we don't really know too much about them but what we do know is that her mother um, took care of them Mm -hmm. because she was in trouble you know over the years quite a bit Um, one of the things that she did in order to make money was turn tricks or have sex for money Mm -hmm. and so she definitely you know, had been arrested for that before. But crazy enough, one of the things about her that's so weird is that 
she, you know, she had this really, really tough life growing up and, you know, was definitely on the streets a lot, had a lot of street smarts, but she kind of like, she definitely like made a name for herself on the streets. And she really, one of the things she absolutely disliked was snitches mm-hmm. and sex offenders. Like, mm-hmm. cause I mean, clearly That's she's, she's had trauma from, mm-hmm experiences with people who have sexually abused her so it makes sense why she wouldn't like that uh like sex offenders i mean who does but yeah. <laughs> but yeah she had a special that was like for that. yes that was mm-hmm. like i absolutely despise them and actually prior to you know this whole incident she and cracker actually <laughs> would go and find sex offenders in her area and at yep. one point she actually like broke into one of these sex offenders houses and scared the shit out of him like told basically told him i'm gonna kill you tied him up robbed him took all of his money it's a little dexter vibes you know yeah that's Doing what i'm saying for the, it's, it's, the, for good almost like batman that's what she that's what she thinks is that she's doing you know everybody a favor by taking out these yeah. sex offenders that, that i don't even know if i can call it a documentary that show called her the avenger of the streets yeah yeah <laughs> taking the law in their own hand i mean that's Mm. kind of the best way to describe it but in 2009 angela was 33 years old you know she was basically working the streets and as far as what people said about her neighbors that knew her they said that she was fairly nice helpful and definitely an engaging person now how did angela meet terry well terry lived in the same neighborhood and their paths crossed because terry would go you know riding around his wheelchair and he definitely crossed paths with Angela a number of times because Angela was offering services Mm -hmm. for money. And so obviously there was a a connection there to be had. And plus Terry, he, he definitely had, I don't know if for sure he was a police informant. I believe he was, but I think he, he thought it was a good idea to like kind of get in with Angela and be cool with her mm. by being like, Oh yeah, I know what the cops are up to. They've been raiding, you know, doing stings and stuff on, you know, people like mm. her. So I can give you a heads up, but to some people, this is not something you want to say to them, especially people who are, you know, have criminal, uh, you know, lists of criminal activity and been in and out of jail they definitely don't want to be around somebody who may be a snitch and go go to the police so kind of going back to the timeline when the apartment manager went to angela's apartment uh, to check to see if everything was okay angela actually explained to this apartment manager that she had just transported the body of a man she had killed and dismembered and then she threatened the apartment manager to kill him if he told anyone that's so crazy that he actually tried to do that for a little while. You know, why would I would be like, okay, yeah, I'll call the police behind your back. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's pretty much what happened is that the police got this information and they were quickly able to identify Angela. I mean, Angela was, you can just tell she's, she's not worried. She's extremely bold with these actions, with these, with this crime that. And this ends up being a regret of hers of, you know, telling the apartment manager what she had. Because it's like, why yeah. would you tell? That wasn't thought out. She, But it just shows you that she's that confident that she runs these streets. And if you cross me, I will kill you. And that's her reputation. That's what her reputation was. She was this 
stone cold killer and she everybody was scared of her. She must have had that reputation to an extent because she, yeah. he didn't go forward like right away. No, no. So it was later on when the police were able to, you know, extract that information and that's when they knew Angela Simpson was their woman. So when the police go to try to track Angela down, they realize that Angela's actually already in jail for an unrelated armed robbery charge. She had actually committed uh, a robbery with Cracker the day after the murder. So after they murdered Terry, they went and did an armed robbery. Busy. So while she was in jail, detectives brought her in on August 19th and, you know, in order to talk to her. And after asking for a candy bar and a soda, Angela confessed to the murder. That's so all we'll, it took. Yeah, that's it. And when she told the detectives what had happened, she was extremely calm and articulate and very detailed about that night. In a way that is pretty shocking to see. Yeah, you don't see that every no. day at all. Most people try to hide their crimes. Mm -hmm. no, very try to confident. claim innocence. No, yeah. Yep. But yeah. she was like, nope. And I think that's why so many people are well, why it's been kind of recirculating lately. Like I've seen this case a lot on TikTok um, interview clips because it's just so wild how she was acting. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to those clips because it's it is really shocking. But before we do, let's break down what exactly happened, which this is brutal. So warning. Yeah. Move forward with caution. She's an absolute mm -hmm. just savage. We're going into lights out territory. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so on the night of August 2nd, 2009, around 8 p.m., Terry was out in his wheelchair and Angela was out as well. And she ended up luring Terry back to her apartment on the 9600 block of North 12th Avenue, promising Terry drugs and sex. And like we said, I don't even think she actually lived here because there was like nothing in the apartment. Right. I think she like somehow got access to it. I doubt it was even her apartment. Like, no, I don't think it was where she use. lived. No. And Terry, he had had multiple, you know, conversations with Angela and was a frequent client of hers. So they had actually, they had some sort of relationship to some extent prior to, to yes. this night. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think there were some other things that may have played into it as well. I think there was some racial things that might've been said by Terry or so she claims as well. So mm -hmm. keep that in mind. But Angela basically came to the conclusion with Terry that he was a police snitch because he had close ties with law enforcement. And at one point, Terry had allegedly told Angela he actually snitched on a fellow inmate while he was in jail. So at that point, she, that's her one thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of two things. She does not like a snitches and sex offenders. And so with Terry, she decided to be the jury, the judge and the executioner. So after luring him inside, she decided that, you know what, you deserve to die and I'm about to put you through three days of absolute hell. From August 2nd to August 5th, Angela brutally tortured Terry Neely until he finally died. The first thing she did was she tied him to a chair facing a mirror so that he could watch her do these things to him. First thing she did, started beating him with a tire iron. That's Next so thing she did, she took pliers Ugh. and pulled his teeth out no. one by one 
as he watched. Oh my god, that's like one of the things that really bothers me. Like when that happens in movies, I have to leave the room. What movies? Yeah, I was gonna say what the hell movies have you nails or we've seen some nails things like that pulling the nails off or anything with teeth like toenails and fingernails. Yeah, just well, uh, I do not like that. I do not like that. This is some absolute brutal torture. I mean, this is like shit straight out of like a hostile film or something. Like it's absolutely insane. So pulling his teeth out one by one and then, and while, I mean, he's still alive Mm. and on one of the days, you know, she would stay, she'd stay in the apartment. He'd be like bleeding, like barely holding on to life. And then she'd wake up the next day and she decided that, you know what? Let's step it up a notch. So she grabbed a hammer and a three inch nail which a three inch nail is like pretty long. And she took that nail to his skull and drove it into it. Oh my God. That is just incredibly disturbing to think about. That is so, that's so not okay. So Terry's barely holding on to life and he has a a giant nail sticking out of his head. I'm surprised that didn't kill him. I know. I know. Right. And then she proceeded to stab him at least 50 times using mm. a bunch of different knives. Still, Terry's barely holding on to life. I don't know how he... And, and he I think just wanted to die so bad. And I think we don't know for sure at what point Terry died, obviously. So I think there's some contention there. At like, mm-hmm. at what point was Terry still alive while he was being tortured at what point was he actually he was probably unconscious for a lot of this i mean i can't imagine being awake and having a nail driven into your head and then being stabbed 50 times the amount of internal bleeding you'd have there's no way you could just survive Mm -hmm. so it was like little you know pecks here and there stab yeah possibly it was with several different knives yeah and this whole time this is three days that go by and Terry is just sitting in his his chair and he That's can't get wild. up. He can't use the bathroom. He's literally just like, it's like soiling it's, himself. Yeah, yeah. So sad because he can't get up. All because Angela deemed him a snitch. Is That's Angela evil. evil or what? Yeah, that is evil. So, I would say. Yeah. So then finally on August 5th, Angela decided to finally just kill terry and that's when she took the television cord and strangled him to death and then she proceeded to slit his throat to be sure he was dead how fucking bizarre to go on and on for three days with something like this like you'd think that this is someone who she was in love with that cheated on her maybe someone who really betrayed her i understand he was a snitch but to this point for three days of torture watching someone slowly die like why would you even want to be in there all that time that's a good point because you don't need to torture him to get rid of him like right. if you wanted to get rid of him because he's a snitch you could just like shoot him, shoot or, him something. or something yeah not do this yeah well it's very bizarre that and that is why you know you get serial killer vibes from angela simpson because this is something that a serial killer would do she seemed to really enjoy this process sadistic, and she probably man. would have done more if she yeah, had the chance sadistic killer mm-hmm. she enjoys watching other people suffer and endure pain and that that gets her excited and plus, I, I think there's more there's more to the story than what's out there. I, I think I read oh, yeah. somewhere that Terry at one point during some of their encounters said racial uh, racial slurs mm-hmm. towards her. And so that might have been part of the just the anger behind this. Because this mm. is a brutal. I mean, to torture somebody like this and brutally murder somebody in this way. This is a, a passion of crime or mm-hmm. a crime, crime of, of passion. passion. Yeah. 
you know, to be up personal and doing these these things to somebody. I mean, there's mm-hmm. clear either you really really enjoy this and this is getting you off, or there's other reasons for why you're so passionate about murdering somebody in this way. So once he was dead, Angela decided that the best way to get rid of the body would be to dismember him, cut him up into little pieces. And she attempted to completely dismember him and dismember all of his limbs so that he could fit into this trash barrel. And I guess it ended up being a partial dismemberment because she had issues with, she couldn't get the legs completely cut Probably uh, she was just using knives. Ew. It's, it's very difficult to actually dismember a body. Yeah. It's, you have to have, you I like mean. bone saws and stuff. Okay. Ew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate that word. Never say that again. <laughs> bone saws. <laughs> I mean, that's what medical professionals do. I know, but do. we're not I'm, talking about medical professionals. That's, that's so true. We're talking about Phoenix police trash yeah. cans. <laughs> I think she's probably just going at him with uh, knives. Yeah, yep. that's terrible. So oh. she got it like halfway done. And at that point she was like, all right, I'm going to put him in the barrel cracker grab the other side of the barrel let's put it in the car and let's go drop it somewhere and for whatever reason i don't know why they did this but why would you take it to the local church and put it (laughs) in their parking lot and set it on fire yeah and not expect to get caught set on fire that's being like hi come look at me i'm on fire literally drawing attention to it in the church parking lot yeah who i mean what like what thinking is actually going into this at all none none absolutely none (laughs) like I don't know. Like, it just seems like a very weird way to dispose of a body. It is. It is a very Especially weird one way. that is in this condition. Like, why wouldn't you go to a forested area or yeah. a really, swamp or a river or something yeah. that it would be much more difficult mm-hmm. to recover? But to put it in a city of Phoenix trash barrel and light it on fire. Well, that just goes to show how confident she was. She was very, she kind of thought she was untouchable a little bit because she was a street Avenger. <laughs> according to the documentary. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Or just a dumbass. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think she was that worried about getting caught. I think she had that a, attitude a, like, whatever happens to me happens. That's whatever. a scary person, though. Yeah. A person that gets to that point where they're that brazen, they're willing mm-hmm. to do something like this. And yeah, her mind's knowing that you're going to get caught right away. Like, that's, that's very, very scary. Mm-hmm. But when police asked her, why, why did you kill Terry? And she said, well, because he was a snitch. The police actually confirmed that he had never worked with the police as an informant. So it could have been a complete lie. Like Terry could have just said that because he was just trying to get close to her because he thought she might like that to have like a, you know, somebody on the inside that knows what's happening. Mm -hmm. But that clearly proved to be a a bad, (laughs) bad move. Mm -hmm. So after this confession, the police go ahead and arrest her on murder charge and edward cracker uh, mr cracker was arrested as well for his role in disposing of the body and what's interesting is that facing murder charges rather than trying to plead you know your innocence and go to trial and and try to fight the charges angela accepted them yeah i mean and she wasn't uh didn't even seem upset no so a few weeks later on august 27 2009 a grand jury indicted Angela Simpson on first degree murder, kidnapping and abandonment or concealment of a dead body. And she also at this point had the death penalty on the table uh, as a, as a punishment for her crimes. And this seemed like something that she actually wanted. And we'll get to that into that more here in a second, as well as what her actual sentence was. But before we do, I want to quickly thank our last sponsors for today. So on March 22nd, 2012, Angela Simpson 
rather than going to trial trying to fight these charges, she just pleaded guilty to them. And it seemed the reason for doing this was because she was hoping that she would get the death penalty. Mm -hmm. But that did not happen. Because on April 2nd, 2012, Judge Paul McMurdy sentenced Angela to natural life in prison for the first degree murder charge and 14 additional years for the other charges. And a sentence of natural life means she will die in prison and she'll never be eligible for parole, work release, or any other program that could allow her to leave prison. One of the reasons why I think Angela was hoping for a death sentence is because inmates on death row oftentimes have a better experience in prison than those in general population. This is the reason why many people do that. So I think that is why she wanted a death sentence because she knew that there was probably a chance she would never be executed because a lot of people on death row don't end up mm-hmm. being executed. It takes forever. Yeah, yeah, it takes forever. So rather than being in general population and just serving a life sentence where the conditions are mm-hmm. extremely difficult, she was hoping she'd get to hang out on death row for Isn't that wild? years and years. Yeah, yeah. and that's because they do. They do. They have a much better experience. If you've watched any of those locked up shows or any of the prison shows you know that death row inmates oftentimes get better treatment more privileges because they are you know in there with the assumption that they're going to be executed by the state at some point Mm -hmm. so that's 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 why i think she she wanted the death row uh, or the death sentence probably after she was sentenced she actually went and did some interviews with the local news there and there's actually Mm -hmm. two clips that we're going to play because they're it's just super bizarre and they actually went really really viral um this first clip we're not exactly sure which which interview she gave first i believe this interview was first i mean i just i think by her demeanor and stuff it seems like the very confident cocky angela who would have been you know the one that had just been on trial so we'll go ahead and play that interview first and it's just absolutely insane there is no ambiguity and there is nothing you want to yeah, in court today, you said uh, you're not here to pretend to be remorseful. Of course not. Why would I do that? Are you remorseful? Not at all. Why? Why would I be? Well, I, why why did this man deserve to die? You you, you claimed he was a snitch. Well, what proof do you have of that? He told me he was a snitch. Told you. On many occasions. But that really doesn't matter. Why did you guys want to kill me? Phoenix wanted to kill me. What's the difference? Everybody has a reason to kill. My reason might not be good to you, but your reason wasn't good to me. So, um, the well, incident. Can you tell me anything about what happened during those three days while you were? What do you mean? I know. Uh, it's I like, took him to my house, walked him down the street. I don't know why the media acts like the motherfucker couldn't walk. He walked very well. Walked him upstairs, kicked his ass, and killed him. Damn. And and again, she is cool. That's brutal. That he was a snitch because he right. told you. Uh, you claimed that uh, that other people had been killed in that same part. You had killed other people. Have you killed other no, people? No, I've never killed anyone else. So that was something, just talk. Right. Uh, how do you feel about uh, spending the rest of your life in prison? You know, I got a lot of family in prison, and uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I got many sisters in prison. I can't wait to see them. It's really not that much of a punishment to be sentenced to spend my life with my family. And you, you, you don't want to talk about your, your past, but your lawyer said that, you know what, they, in, in sentencing you, the judge should bear in mind that you've had a really, had a really right. tough life. I started 
being hospitalized at 10 years old. I have a mental history from 10 years old until yeah. present, so, yeah. When you say mental history, I mean, do you care that anyone feels sorry for you? Do you want anybody? Feel sorry for me. Yeah, do you, should, should the people who are watching this say because she had a bad childhood? Of course not. Because she had as mental illness? Of course not, no. That we should feel some sympathy for no. you? No. You would not have that? I want no sympathy, no. What, then, then do you care what anybody thinks of no. Angela Simpson and what no. you have done? No, I don't. It's a, again, your candor, uh, I've interviewed people who have committed murders before and usually they sort of prevaricate or they yeah. do this or that. You're about as direct as it gets. Right. Why is that? It's only fair. I expect you to be the same way. Okay. Uh, do you think that it was fair today? It was justice in that courtroom. She has some like Jody Arias energy to her. The way that she's interviewed, even her voice. Yeah. So calm. And yeah. Very confident in herself. Doesn't seem to really care what anyone else thinks. No. It's interesting. It You definitely don't see this often. Normally people are pandering or trying to convince you or... But with Jodi Arias, she was pleading innocence. Yeah, I know. It's completely different than Jodi Arias, of yeah. course. But their vibe kind of reminds me of each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that it was fair today? It was justice in that courtroom? No, I don't. Why? I should have gotten the death penalty. Do you, did you want the death penalty? No, no. I prefer to spend my life with my sisters. But, uh, yeah, I do believe that would have been justice. Interesting. So you hmm. Just hmm. But, yeah. but is that really because she wants justice for him? No. Like, wh what? You don't care about him at all. It's because probably what you said makes a lot of sense. She knows. She's she smart. better treatment. She's smart. She's been in and out of the system. Mm -hmm. She knows that death row inmates are going to get better treatment. And if she's going to be in prison for the rest of her life, then might as well, might as well yeah. be on death row. And mm -hmm. she does allude there that she also is fine with being in prison because she has family members in prison with her as well, or, yeah. or close close ones, yeah, sisters. Mm -hmm. So you deserve death penalty, but you're glad that you got what you got. Right. Because you, right. Uh, when you say your sisters, you're talking about women you know in prison. Right. Okay, and is, uh, have you found that... Uh, uh, there is some bonding and that you have made friends here that, uh, that will be of some comfort to you when you're in Most prison. Most definitely, yes. Most definitely, yes. Yeah. What has the experience been like here uh, in this facility? Horrible. Really? Yes, it's terrible. Jail is awful. They don't, um, they have no, well, they, they have no compassion. They don't give us the things we need here. Will be will prison to you to the your understanding. I certainly hope so. Yes. Yeah. Have you done time in prison? No. So you're hoping that it will be a better existence. Yes, for you. definitely. You're a young woman, 36 years old. You could be there a long time. Right. Right. But your belief is that you deserve the death penalty. Definitely. Mm. Seems very clear. Yeah. That her what her motives are. She because she's like jail sucks, which we all know jail sucks. Mm -hmm. But she's like, prison, you know, if I'd gotten yeah. the death sentence, yep. I'd be better off. I think that's spot on. Well, I believe God. That's what God says. Unless God is wrong, which I doubt. So. And would God would, has told you that, or you just believe that? I believe that. Eye for an eye. Right. Right. 
I expected to die for this. Uh, to, what can you? What, what insights can you give us to to you? Uh, what would you have the anyone who may hear this interview know about you? There's really nothing. People are going to believe what they want to believe. Judge the way they want to judge, just like I do. So, yeah. So be it. What? Why did you feel like you were in a position to be the judge and jury in in Terry Neely's life? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm really not trying to be to, to get right. too angry, but I just I want to see. You, you're very, you say I killed this guy. He deserved right. to die. Blah blah blah. I mean, it's pretty. It's there. You're up right. front. Uh, I want to know. Uh, if if uh, you have any concerns about what you know, what what put you in that position to do that to them? It was just too much. The things he talked about, it was just it was too much. Do you believe him? I mean, lots of people go around well, claiming I'm a snitch or make themselves. <laughs> really, you don't say. Well, I, I think they, they talk about <laughs> law. I've got uh, I know people come. I've got associations with law enforcement. You know, I, I've got this. I'm, I'm from a friend with this. Do person. you happen to have a list of those people? They name drop. Well, <laughs> maybe in the circle, but you right. know what I'm saying. Right. People say lots of things to make themselves sort of look. Well, he picked the wrong <laughs> to say that to if he wanted to brag about putting so many people in prison. You uh, picked the wrong person. And so. that's, what, that's what did it to him. That's, what, that's why you... What, the bragging? The bragging oh, yeah. about putting people in prison. Right. People you knew? No. No, but I he, don't know any of them. Okay. Do you believe him? Do you think he really was a snitch? Oops, if he wasn't. So from that clip, it's clear that, you know, there, like I said earlier, that there was some racial slurs that were used because, or maybe she just, I don't know, she just said that randomly. Like, we have no way of knowing. Yeah. We don't know what really happened between them, but and then I mean, if he, she, was, she was mad enough to kill him. And this whole thing of him putting people in prison, like, mm -hmm. the police are saying that he wasn't even an informant. So what does that even, like, why would he be bragging about that Maybe if that wasn't was even the case? It doesn't sound know. like she's that sure, because the guy was like, what if you're wrong? And she was like, oh, whoops. She's like, oops. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that's yeah. insane. Yes, I, I believe he was. Yeah. yeah. Do you have family? I do. Uh, from an adoptive family? or I have four children. You have four children? I do have four children. Where are they? Tell Mirage. What is, uh, how are they doing? Uh, and uh, how is it for you to be separated from them? I, I don't want to talk about my children. I can't do that. Yeah. Is, there, is there a message what is there a bottom line or a lesson to be learned from the story of Angela Simpson? There's a bottom line to everything. But what, would, what is the bottom line to I, this story? Whatever people want it to be. If I, it, it doesn't what matter do what I say. <laughs> In, insights uh, that you, you don't regret killing this guy. I don't regret killing him, no. I regret the fact that my co-defendants found it necessary to... Uh, divulged so much information to the detectives. I regret that. They were people I really cared about. And uh, I regret that they were near me or around me at any point. And then helped prosecutors. Helped the prosecution, correct. You were and they, those people. Definitely, because they didn't know. They weren't actually with me during any of my crimes. So for them to say that they were, to try to get lesser sentences, was a little heartbreaking for me. So friends of yours lied to prosecutors and lied to police. Correct. Dropped the dime on you. Correct. They snitched on you. Correct. 
if you could, would you do to them what uh, you did no, to Terry? No, I would not. Because you're still have some relationship with them, or well, no, but they were. I had a claimed a bond with them at one point, so I, I wouldn't be able to avenge that. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you act completely alone? In that yes, part? definitely. So nobody else helped. No, totally alone. Uh, help me understand. Uh, for three, you know, I, I know uh, the crimes of passion or something, and you know, in, in the heat of the moment. Uh, but to spend three days driving nails into a guy's head and pulling his teeth out. Right. Why? I found it necessary. <laughs> found it necessary. <laughs> found it necessary. For what? For what? Find it pleasurable or exciting or was there was this just, just necessary? Necessary. Right. So this was more like a business like uh, proposition. You were doing something that you felt need a job that needed to be done. Right. But if she was doing that, why wouldn't she just, you know, take a day to do it or just like shoot him? Like we were saying, mm -hmm. why three days of was, torture? That's why I think he's saying she's just saying it's necessary. <laughs> why? I don't what know. Fuck. Well, she's, you have to remember too, she's on TV here. This is a, an interview with the media. Mm -hmm. She's not going to. Maybe she wants to be perceived a certain she, way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's not going to come out and be like, oh yeah, I fucking love torturing this guy. It really got me off. Like who's going to come out and say that you know she's she's kind of going on the defensive now a little bit like for as bold and brazen she was with police and stuff mm -hmm. initially and confessing like she's now she's in the spotlight and she's like oh i don't want to look bad mm -hmm. so i'm gonna try to downplay this uh, a bit seems what to be what's happening and whatever came into your head i'm gonna drive a nail into his head or was this just was uh, a symptom of what was at hand in that apartment right any, uh, your mom and I, I'd like to, because we've got to get run back, and right. I, I want to get what you say on television. And we again, I'm grateful that you would be willing to talk to us, and I, I wish you the best under these circumstances. What what would you have the world know? You're a fascinating. You're sort of an interesting character, because you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Savage. Uh, equal opportunity, definitely. Oh, look at her smiling. She clearly enjoyed this. Slightly sarcastic. God, what a great covered serial killers to petty shoot 'em ups. And uh, you don't meet many women who commit the kind of uh, calculated, long term murder that you committed with this guy. Uh, and you don't meet many people who are willing to say, I did it, and you know what? Deal with it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. She's like, what do you want me to say about no, it? No, it's a lot, <laughs> man. In my opinion. Are you, but you seem, so you, you, you seem like you're sort of just, I, I, I'm sort of almost self-righteous about it. I, I did this, and I did Do you think you did the right thing of by killing this guy? Definitely. Of course. Other wow. than shooting his mouth off, what else did he do? Do you know of? That's not... That's, that's what he that's what he got done for. He's white trash. Somebody had to take it out. That's it. Wow. Damn. Cold hearted, man. God. It's white trash. Somebody had to she take it out. She didn't get caught. She would have killed other people. Hands well, down. On that note, let's watch this next interview because she says that later on she does say something very interesting because this whole question of serial killer comes back up. And listen to what she says here. I don't want my... um 
my children or the people I consider family to be in a place where there are snitches. He told on a righteous person years ago, so, and so, he, he told me that. So what did he do? What did you do to him? I killed him. How'd you do it? I beat him to death. For how long? How long did I beat him? 45 minutes, hour. He was there for three That's weird. She like changes her story yeah. after a while, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's possible for her to have forgotten some of the details. Mm -hmm. Like you wonder if at some point you'd like black out from mm -hmm. how traumatic. But I mean, would it be traumatic to you if you're enjoying it? I don't know. Well, I would have like blacked out and forgot the details of those three days if it were me. Yeah. And, I, and again, I don't know when these interviews are or what exact dates or what times. I don't know which one came before the other. I believe this one came after around the same time. I don't know because she looks very different mm -hmm. in these interviews. So I don't yeah, know if that does. one we just watched before was later. It might be. But what's weird is like she says something completely different in this one. So what did you do during that time? Well, I, I killed him and cut him up. Just point to us. Show us where, where it happened. We went so to the vacant apartments and took an exclusive look inside the murder scene. You see the carpets all been pulled up? We found the carpets ripped, and Bleach Simpson says she used to clean the blood after hammering a three-inch nail into Neely's brain. Mm. Did you pull out his teeth? Did you put a, a hammer into his head, put a nail in his brain? Yes. Was he alive during this? Some of it. Was he watching, looking at a mirror? Yes. Why'd you do that? Because I wanted him to see what he deserved. She says she made him watch through this mirror. Angela, is this the first time you've done this? No. It's not the first time. What else have you done? That's not. But you've killed other people? Well, they'll find that out. Will you what? You That's people? so interesting. In the last one, she was like, no, I never did. Any yeah. Yeah. She kind of goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. I don't, yeah. Do you think it's just to scare other people, though? Like a clout thing? Like, oh, I've, I may have killed more. You may never know, mm -hmm. though. Or a lot of was people she do that. trying to cover up before? And she actually yeah, was. Maybe she has. Because she was so comfortable with this and so nonchalant. It, I wouldn't Literally be shocked if it wasn't her first like, time. Yeah. Will you admit that you've killed other people? Well, yes. You've killed other people. How many? That's irrelevant. Why did you kill them? Same reason. While Simpson doesn't consider herself a serial killer, she claims she's killed a few. I believe informants and child molesters should be killed, period. As for Neely, she tells us she lured him inside offering drugs and sex, then after three days of torture, dumped his burned body in this trash can. And when police tracked it back to Simpson, she was already in jail, accused of an armed robbery the day after the murder. And her reaction? Kind of relieved, actually. Why relieved? Well, because finally. Finally what? <laughs> no, I just, um... Finally they caught you? Yes. Because you've been doing this for a while? Yeah. For how long? A while. Simpson admits she takes medication and might be considered mentally ill. You think something's wrong with you? <laughs> I think something's wrong with the world that I live in, but, um... According to other people, yes, something is wrong with me. As for something being wrong with murdering Terry Neely, Angela, do you feel guilty? Guilty? No. For ridding the world of a snitch? No, I don't feel <laughs> guilty. Clearly not. Simpson wouldn't elaborate on the other murders she claims she's committed, but we asked her what she would want to say to the families of the victims. She said, quote, they shouldn't have bred what they bred. Whoa. Damn. Holy wow. shit. Damn. She is brutal, man. Wow. That's that is something else. That this really is. She is. I see why this went viral. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's not every day you see somebody, you know, it's like this. Fucking yeah, seriously. I, I think it's hard to say like exactly what happened. I think 
we have to remember there's mental illness involved here. We don't know exactly what type or how severe or, you know, we don't really know that much information because somebody that's mentally ill in this type of situation could absolutely be making stuff up. She could be, you know, trying to maybe raise her rep in prison even to say, I'm, you know, I've killed multiple people. I mean, there's a lot of motives here Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, come out and say, Oh, I've been murdering people for a long time. Finally got caught. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you can really like obviously take anything that she's saying seriously, but at the same time, is she capable of being a serial killer? And from (laughs) what we've just saw, like, Mm -hmm seems very clear she could be she would have continued no problem yeah i mean if it was that easy for her and it seemed like she enjoyed it i mean at one point i think she said that she wished she had had two to three more days with him Mm -hmm. she would have kept it going yeah she did she's like i regret not keeping him alive longer that is just absolutely disgusting just a demented person man (sighs) oh damn that was heavy yeah definitely different i had my bunny here he's been really helping me that's good such a little angel but yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for Terry's family. Obviously, it's extremely traumatic and yeah. horrible to have that happen to any anybody's mm-hmm. loved one. And it's really difficult. And it doesn't to, sound like he really deserved. I mean, he didn't no, deserve this. It doesn't seem like. I mean, I mean, I mean we he don't may know the have whole said story. inappropriate things yeah. to her, racial, racist things to her. But did he did he deserve three days of torture and murder? And no. we don't even know if that's true. She could be completely making it up. She didn't even seem to know if he for sure was a snitch, if she even had a good reasoning herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really sad. A lot of unknowns in this case. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. There's a don't, lot. I don't know with it, but nevertheless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea that like women can't be ruthless and evil oh, is just like such a load of bullshit. Like. It's yeah. no different from a man. Like everybody's like, oh, men are and and obviously statistically, and you look at mm-hmm. crimes. I mean, obviously, men commit more violent crime, and there's more men serial killers out there. But maybe we just haven't caught all the the female serial killers out there. Maybe there's maybe they're smarter. Maybe yeah, exactly. Maybe that's a thought. Maybe there's more out there than men. For all maybe. we know. Yeah, let us know what you guys think of Angela Simpson and her kind of nonchalant attitude about this murder yeah or have you seen this before have you seen this interview clip of her before because i I think that like four plus million views on youtube from 2009 so So, yeah but we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode there hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the malhar podcast if you did definitely uh, subscribe both on youtube and apple podcasts drop us a like follow us on social media we really appreciate it and check out higherlovewellness.com yes go get you something But we'll see you guys next week. And until then, take your mind up.